podcast is to discuss meaningful topics and issues from the lens of two Khmeran sisters and other diverse community leaders. Today's topic is life skills navigating adulthood with Tanaka Nyong. Welcome back to our podcast. We are your two Khmeran sisters, Jasmine and Melissa. And today we have a supporter who reached out to us several months ago asking for advice about adulthood. But yes, we thought, why not bring Tanaka on our podcast? He's been a huge fan um, and he wants to ask us questions directly. And we're excited to learn more about you and your journey. Um, and we've gotten to connect over Instagram. We've seen a little bit about your work. So we're excited to learn more. And yes, we, um, it looks like you love our mission um, and what we're doing for the community. And being on our podcast today, you can speak for the youth and ask us important questions about how we can manage our finances. And you believe that representation matters and this is what it should look like. And our discussion right now is showing people that we have a community where we can lean on. So thank you. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> and um, to our um, listeners, I asked Tanaka if he would be willing to be on the podcast. So I want to thank you, Tanaka, for saying yes and agreeing to it. I'm glad that we can finally make it happen. And so I just wanted to give our listeners a brief, a brief, a brief, <laughs> a brief background on Tanaka. Um, so he is 24 years old, Cambodian American, and was born and raised in Columbus, Ohio, and is a Bucks fan. Now he lives in Sunnyside, California, and is a coffee enthusiast. He loves everything Khmer related and loves singing because he grew up in a musical household with a father who deeply appreciated the Cambodian performing arts. Tanaka attended the Ohio State University and studied human development and family science. He's one of the co-founding members and serves as the president of the Khmer Student Association. So Tanaka, can you please say hello and introduce yourself to our listeners? Hello, hello. Um, yeah, my name is Tanaka. I'm actually 25 now. My birthday. <gasps> okay, so recently, just happy birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm a big fan of you guys, and I think it's like it's really important for our community to have like this kind of like verbiage and communication with like things going on uh, in our life. So happy to be here. Yay, wow. Thank you. And what do you currently do right now for work? Yeah, I work as like a healthcare uh, consultant and at a health tech company. Mm. Um, the specific title is like practice transformation specialist, but I just thought it was like, oh yeah, I'm just a consultant. Fancy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking are but, you still yeah. in school no I graduated back in 2019 um okay. definitely looking toward like higher education though yeah. okay nice yeah we support that and how are you liking that so far being the healthcare consultant uh it's a lot of work I mean it's a, yeah. a lot of balancing with like client relationships um as well as doing a little bit of like project management but mm. there's a lot of skills like learning yeah. along the way and stuff like that and I don't know, I'm just like blessed like the job that I had before when like I first started was like a nursing home kind of situation where like I'm working from home now and like not really doing as much of like the physical labor yeah. so I'm just really blessed with the career that I have. Good well the first question that you wanted to ask us is about transitioning from high school to college and college to the workforce. Yeah so I can share first and Melissa will share and um, if you have questions you're welcome to stop us too. Um, 
So from high school to college, I would recommend for youth to take advantage of opportunities to meet new people um, and be involved as much as you can. Because now that you, well, you are also an early professional, um, when we enter the workforce, it's harder to make friends with people who are similar ages to you. Um, and it's also hard to find time to be involved in the community because in college you have so many different clubs that you can join and sports and activities constantly, like there's events. Um, so I would definitely encourage people to be out of their comfort zone and just fill up your schedule with so many things to do because um, I had made the mistake of focusing on my grades and getting the work done that I didn't really have fun, you know, like yeah, I didn't really yeah. make enough time to do that. Um, and it was only till like later in the university years where I did get more involved and I wish I could have joined the clubs earlier so I could have made more connections with people. Um, and clubs are nice because you can feel a sense of belonging, especially if you live on campus. Um, and also if you commute as well, because that gives you a community. And in college, everyone's focused on their own path. So it's up to you to reach out and put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. um, and another advice I would give is to pursue things that interest you, no matter how random it might seem. For me, I knew that I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to figure out what nonprofit work was like. So for my service learning one year, um, for one quarter, I volunteered at a retirement nonprofit organization. Um, and then I also did Jumpstart, which allowed me to learn about teaching. Like it's something that I thought I couldn't do, but the fact that I did do it, I can look back on those experiences and know like that's my passion. That's where my passion's at. So I would recommend for folks to just pursue anything that you want to do from clubs, internships, volunteer, community work. And the more experiences that you have, the more that you have to add to your resume. Um, and you would be surprised to find that there are many skills that are transferable when you start working. Um, and I feel like I get happy with the more experiences I have that, so that I can add that on my resume and show off like, oh, I did all of these things. And I can pull from different skills and show people that I have a lot to offer. It might seem like random now, you know, or it might seem like just busy work. But if you choose things that you are interested in, I think that will add up to what you want to do in the future. And it allows you to, you know, focus on something different than just your schoolwork yeah. and you can give back to your community. Um, my last advice would be to meet with a career counselor um, and or advisor um, to make sure that you are on track with your major requirements. So making sure that your, your classes are going to be used for your major or minor. Um, and my advisor was the best person to go to for any questions and to make sure that I was on track. So Tanaka, did you stay on campus or did you live at home or what was your campus experience like? Uh, so for like the first, I would say three years, two years, I lived at home with my parents. Um, commute wasn't that bad. It was like a 15 minute drive to campus. Well, that's not bad. Yeah, and then the last two years, I lived on campus. That's when my family, they moved to California. Um, so I had to, yeah, live on campus for a little bit. It was kind of fun. I mean, there was a lot of parties. You can, like, keep up with, like, all the, you know, the social activities and stuff like that. Definitely miss that now that yeah. I'm graduating. Um, yeah. I don't know, like, like, during my last year, I wasn't, like, too involved. But then, you know, after graduating and stuff, you're like, oh, I kind of miss, you know, yeah. activities, the social, socialness. Mm. I kind of had to mix of both worlds, too. Um, 
I stayed at the dorms for six months and I could not handle it because it was oh, too yeah. much social activities that yeah. I could not, I did not do well during my first few quarters. Same. And then it got really expensive and I didn't want to use my scholarship money for paying for my dorm expenses and food and food is just so, even yeah. back then, like expensive, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so I ended up staying at an apartment with my friend for a year and then I moved back home for the rest of like the I think two and a half years oh nice okay. but when I moved home I did better in school <laughs> oh that's good <laughs> yeah it's just so it's interesting we've all had different experiences yeah for me it was the opposite I didn't party or drink and that made people not want to be my friend. So for a oh. long time, I should have joined more clubs so that I could meet new people. But I was mostly like just in my dorm room. And I mean, a close friend that I'm still friends with. But but yeah, it's interesting because you'll meet a lot of different people in college, for sure. Yeah. And you don't have to party and drink. Um, there's so yeah, that's why I wanted to say that. activities. Like I remember going to the fitness facility and like people were playing yeah. like ultimate frisbee and like all these really Tennis. cool basketball yeah really cool activities yeah, and i was so like many clubs yeah <laughs> so many but yeah it's a fun experience and to our listeners if you're still in college try to make the best of the experience like and like jasmine said take on opportunities and um i know it's really important to focus on getting good grades and like making sure you have a job or you have a good like internship or position lined up but it's also important to balance it with yeah things that you enjoy and developing those friendships yeah I don't mind, I, hope, I hope you guys don't mind but did you guys yeah. like when you guys were in college did you ever shift majors or did you like already have it like kind of like figured out like right when you went in or like what was your guys' experience yeah well I, I can go first so when I was in high school I thought I was gonna be a pharmacist oh I didn't know that <laughs> and then and then I'm learning that towards the end of the high school my high school year senior year I was like okay I want to go into business so then my freshman year of college I started taking business courses and I spent two years taking the prereqs because it's really competitive at the University of Washington I tried to apply um, early to get in but my grades weren't high enough it was a 3.6 and what they were looking for was a 4.0. And that was like the average. Then I applied for the second year, like during the general rolling admissions and I didn't get in. So then I was like, okay, economics, communications or sociology. I couldn't do economics because my grades in math were too low. Like all my calculus classes, economics, macroeconomics, microeconomics, my grades were too low because yeah. I was partying too much. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do well and I didn't really know how to study um it was just different from high school um I felt like high school didn't really prepare me and then I didn't want to go into communications because I didn't want to go into public speaking mm. <laughs> um, because one of the courses you're supposed to take a public speaking class one of them involves you standing in red square which is like the public area and like shouting like the speech yeah I always walked by those and got nervous for them (laughs) (laughs) and I was like no I don't want to do that and then yeah sociology I was like okay and I was like it's more general it's more general and I I know most athletes go for sociology majors and why is that I don't know maybe it's easier I don't know (laughs) (laughs) but they're interesting classes though yeah the classes were interesting but education and 
yeah other subjects that but are important. it led me to like a doing a study abroad program and actually helped me be in like the hospitality industry because pe- employers really value someone who knows like I guess the intricacies of like societies and like working with people so it ended up working out yeah but I did change a couple of times okay yeah Yeah. definitely same thing for me at back in high school I like switched between like pharmacy to medicine Mm -hmm. and like yeah I switched a a lot of times during college just never had any idea of like Mm -hmm. what to do what to do yeah it's interesting that some people know exactly you know what to do from their beginnings but there's also us who just keep switching for me in high school we had a running start program where you can take college classes while you're in high school so Mm -hmm. I was able to get all of the prereqs done and then when I yeah when I started thinking about my major I thought about journalism because someone at my high school actually worked for a newspaper Mm -hmm. um, and I was inspired by that but I feel like I wasn't as back then I was very shy so if I did phone interviews for class I would get so nervous and yeah so <laughs> that route didn't really work out because I didn't get the internship um, and then I just went to general communications and through that I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do I wanted to do education but Melissa and my mom were a little skeptical about teaching so then you wanted her I was, to make good money yeah so then I thought more about nonprofit work but when I went there it was just like in nonprofit work, there's just so much that you need to do. Um, and it's just really stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, like I commend everyone who can do it, but I just didn't know if that would be the right route for me. Um, so then eventually I you know, got a job at a tech place where I did customer service. And that kind of pushed me to think about my true passion, which I've already spoken to with this podcast, but eventually I did end up in teaching. And that's thanks to my experience in college when I work with preschoolers and I just always thought about it. And so I actually went back to my elementary school teacher and talked to her about it. And I talked to my high school teachers about it and it just seemed like the route that I needed to go. So like, I didn't know, I didn't pursue that from the beginning, but sometimes you have to make mistakes and you have to learn. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. yeah but it's interesting that some people know exactly what they want to do and some people change throughout the years and that's okay. So for anyone who's listening, just pursue what you think is best now, and then it can always change later. Yeah, and what I wish I would have explored was STEM careers or STEM education. And I just, I guess at that time, I didn't feel feel like I was capable enough because I always thought, oh, people who go into engineering or sciences, they're like, they're so smart and they know how to work with numbers and they're they can get things right away, like all the technical information. And I was like, I was not like that. I was more artistic and creative. Mm-hmm. But I think computer sciences would have interested me if I had maybe had a mentor or someone to help share what that field was more was more about. So maybe in high school, I think that there should be like a program, you know, for students to explore different careers and fields and what they could do. But they should also know that it shouldn't be set. Like you don't have to decide on your the trajectory. One and only thing when you're 18. You can't change it. You're always going to change. I heard that you change your career seven times in your life. A lot of people nowadays change their careers like every year or every two years. Someone told me that if you're in the same place in three years, it's time for you to switch and move on to something else. 
because you got to keep things exciting. You got to keep learning new things and exploring because you never know what your new passions might be. There's this thing um, at work that we call, I don't know, maybe you guys have heard of it, PDSA, uh, mm. where basically like um, when we're like strategizing on implementing something new with either a client or just, just anything in general, I think like you can kind of apply it to like your life too. So plan, do, study and act. Oh, I feel nice. like as long as like, you know, a young individual who's aspiring to do anything, as long as they have like some kind of like one, two, three step plan, run with it, see what happens. If it doesn't work out, as long as you're like actively doing something about it, I think that's going to take you far. Mm. Um, oh, that's uh, great advice. Oh, I love the methodology. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Experimenting and if you fail, learn from it and then move on to something Yeah, else. yeah. Definitely. Oh, very nice. <laughs> Tanaka dropping some words of wisdom. <laughs> <Knowledge. laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, so I want to share my experience transitioning from high school to college. For me, it was a huge culture shock, and high school didn't prepare me for the real world. I remembered being at the top of my class in high school, and then when college started, I didn't feel like the smartest person anymore. Everyone around me excelled pretty quickly. I just remembered people taking exams, and they always scored really high, and I would study so hard and long hours and I would get an average score so that part was like frustrating for me mm -hmm. and I also like I had mentioned lived in the dorms so I was discovering this new newfound freedom of adulthood setting my own rules having new experiences not having my parents see the every the day-to-day -day of my life and there's no one telling me what to do anymore so that was something new and I I enjoyed being independent and I would highly encourage the youth to apply to local scholarships because you have high chances of getting them if you try. Not a lot of students apply for them and you never know. You never know how many they're going to award. And national scholarships are harder to get, but if you look, look for the local ones, that was how I funded the first two years of college was I just kept applying to like scholarships that range from like $500 or $1,000, $2,000, and it added up. My transition from college to the workforce was an interesting one. I took four months off to travel the world with my boyfriend at that time. We went to Costa Rica. We volunteered at a chocolate farm. We volunteered at a turtle beach, like a um, to save baby turtles from poachers. We volunteered with Habitat for Humanity to build a house for a single mother with three little kids and just spent the rest of the time just taking the bus like a school bus literally a school bus which was a community bus and like all around Costa Rica mm -hmm. and then we went back to Washington State to unpack and pack again and then we went to Western Europe and backpacked and stayed at hostels and made friends with strangers and Sounds so cool yeah, ate a lot yeah. Of food. it was a yeah. huge trip it was yeah. so fun yeah then I came back and then went on an Alaska cruise with my parents. And that was how I ended my college, I guess. <laughs> and then I graduated <laughs> and then I applied and got a hospitality position. And I remember while I was traveling, I was so worried about not being able to find a job because no one else was doing what I was doing. So I was worried that, oh, I'm taking a break and maybe I'm missing out on opportunities, but it's not good to worry about things while like you're on vacation, yeah. but things work out in the end, you know? Yeah. So when I got my first job uh, out of college, it was nice to make money again, 
But I also thought about what am I going to do for the rest of my life? I did switch my careers a few more times. And then now I am working at a corporate position in project management. And I really enjoyed the project management field since then. Yeah. And in that like career switch or like, I guess like in the early stages, I don't know about you guys, but I know for me, like there was a lot of like informational interviewing that I did, like trying to network, trying to find a mentor. Um, Was there any steps that you guys had taken for your career um, to get to where you are now? Mm, I just remembered applying. I would apply two jobs per week. And Mm then um, for interviews, I went to career workshops and I learned that you can always have notes with you during an interview. Yeah. And I learned a way, I don't know if it still works today, like how to format like a one page piece of paper. Like at the top, you write the interviewer's names and then the, what the position is. And then you have your, you know, that's, you can use the star format. So you have like at least mm-hmm. three compelling stories of mm-hmm. past accomplishments. And I would write out the details um, in bullet bullet form. And then I also have a list of questions that I want to ask them. Oh, and nice. also at yeah. the bottom, I have my notes section. Anything that comes up during the interview that's really important, I'll capture it and I'll write it down in front of them. So note taking, that's just the gesture behind it. Like when you're doing like an interview, like it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You look prepared. You look like you did your research. You look like you really want the job. So that's mm-hmm. always worked for me in the past. Um, I don't know how it is now because I, <laughs> I have I did seek out mentors. I found that it was really helpful to be connected with people of all different levels and backgrounds. It was always intimidating for me to like to reach out to someone like, hey, can you take 15 to 30 minutes of your day out of your busy schedule to meet with me so I could ask you yeah. questions? But I feel like people were always open and willing to help you out, especially if you know exactly what questions to ask them. If you're calling them and they want to know that there's like specific objectives that you're looking for like what exactly are you asking for are you wanting to know more about their profession their background experiences do you want advice recommendations on what to do to pursue towards this path do you want names of individuals in certain departments Mm -hmm. and then that they can connect you with so go with like a game plan when you're meeting with professionals during one-on-one interviews and for me like moving up in my career it helped me to advance by always sharing what I've accomplished with my managers and other managers I always bring that up during meetings or like in emails so that it gets visibility because if no one knows what you're doing you have to advocate for yourself they will not promote you yeah so you kind of have to put yourself out there, even though it seems kind of like, oh, I'm being like, yeah, like so arrogant, self-centered. Yeah. Yeah. But, about yeah. Yeah. For me, I would say at every point of my life, I had a mentor. Like in high school, I had certain teachers that really wanted to help me. Um, and then in college, it was my advisors and some professors even. So if you do get the opportunity to go to college, you can visit your professors during office hours and build that relationship. And you'd be surprised about, you know, how much they can support you think, to think about your next projects or um, open openings for jobs if they understand like what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky to have a Cambodian advisor. And actually she wasn't assigned to me, but my white advisor recommended me to be with Shanira, which she's been on our episode before. Um, and 
through that mentorship, she was able to, you know, hear all of my concerns and questions. And that wasn't, so those weren't conversations that I had with my mom and dad, um, but she was like someone that I can go to and like, just share everything that I wanted to do. And what was cool is that she's in education and she was able to offer advice about how it was like for her to figure out her path. Um, and then when I went to the workplace at your company, you could email and contact people to job shadow um, and observe. And that can also let you know about what other departments you could pursue. So definitely reach out like we've been sharing um, because you never know like who you'll meet and who you could build relationships with. And maybe they might know other people that have jobs that you'd be interested in, you know? So maybe there's not openings in your current workplace, but maybe there's openings in another workplace that someone thinks of. So in communication class, we learn like about networking and the the influence that you can have. Like if you meet someone, they know all of these other people who know yeah, other people. Yeah, so it's crazy like how much you can find opportunities through that. Yeah, so college is not for everyone. We've said that before, but yeah, just finding people that are driven that, you know, that you can build that relationship with. You never know what could come out of that. All right, so next question. So Tanaka wanted us to bring up financial tips that includes student loans, building credit. Um, and Tanaka, did you want to elaborate um, more on that? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know if it's like a big topic in like the Cambodian community, like pa parents and like families, if they're talking about like, you know, student loans, how to go about with it, which loan to use FAFSA, how do you apply for FAFSA and stuff like that? Do we even qualify for FAFSA? So I was just curious on hearing, you know, your guys' experience. I know we talked a little bit about like the scholarships and, you know, what kind of like resources are available out there, but just like, I guess, general financial tips. Well, one thing I wanted to share before Jasmine, I think she's been through this process too. When I was in high school, there were a lot of Cambodian students in my class and they didn't go to college, even though they could have qualified for a full ride. And first of all, I don't think they believed in their potential. And secondly, I don't think they had parents or anyone to look up to that taught them the value of you know, having education. a good career or a higher education. Mm -hmm. And thirdly, I don't think they knew how to fill out FAFSA yeah. because it's so complicated and they probably didn't know how to read through all the paperwork. For us, our parents were considered middle class, so we did not qualify for any grants. We only re received loans and our mom did not believe in borrowing money. I guess she sounds <laughs> like my mom. <laughs> so she's super stubborn. <laughs> Yeah. That's why I relied on scholarships. Our mom also invested a small portion of her savings in our education. So I think she met a insurance agent and he told her, oh, there's this, I think there's this investment called um, guaranteed education tuition, get. So then she put like a couple thousand in it and it grew. It grew to like 10, 15,000 oh, by the nice. time we were in college. And so that was meant that for like paid. your children or was that meant for just like yourself or? For your children. For your children. Oh, so that, wow. For me, it went to me for one year and then the rest of it was saved for my siblings. So my sister, Jessica, and then Jasmine. So whatever we don't use, it gets rolled over to the next sibling. So that was really interesting. I don't think a lot of Cambodian parents knew about this. Our mom just kept asking questions and 
seeking out information. So in that respect, we were very lucky. Actually, the situation changed when I went to college. So in high school, I did the Running Start program that I mentioned that shaved off like two years of college because I did high school or I did college during that time. And when I started going to college, I actually got the grants. So I actually got paid for those two last years because our parents divorced. And then my dad worked at a, didn't work at a high paying job like he used to when Melissa was in college. So with that, I was like lucky because the FAFSA paid for all of my education and all we, me and my mom needed to do was to pay for the books and everything. So in high school, I, as soon as I could work, I worked and saved up a little bit. Um, and actually like for college, I told Matt, like, I don't want you to pay for anything. Like I'm gonna pay for my own books and everything. So, so I, it was only like 200 or 300 or something like that but I had saved up a little bit with my job. Um, so college was paid for. And then when I wanted to go to study abroad, um, I actually paid for that too. Or actually we all paid for it, Melissa, Matt, and me. And there's actually scholarships to go study abroad too. So um, there's definitely options out there. If you're not sure, um, we would recommend to talk with your advisors in college. And I think they're, they are doing a better job about teaching you um, at your high school, there may be like workshops where people come in and explain it. Um, I think at our high school, they offered help to fill out like the college applications, maybe even FAFSA too. Um, and then college, they have that orientation time where your parents can come in. Hopefully they have an interpreter, but I think there are like supports out there. So if you know of resources and your friends don't know, their families don't know, definitely share it with them because like our parents may not know that there are those like supports out there, but definitely fill out the FAFSA form, like figure out um, where you can go to get that support that you need because it's, it's free to do. And if that can help pay for your education, definitely go for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the situation is a little bit different, but um, yeah, it's like lucky that we got paid for, you know, cause that's not the case for everybody. Um, I was just having a conversation with my brother cause he's like new to college and stuff. Okay. Um, and I was like, you know, where are your books? You don't have any books. You don't have <laughs> no. anything. And he was like, um, I was like, oh, they don't need books nowadays. Everything's like online. Oh, like, oh that makes it easier. <laughs> Is that because so of the I mean, pandemic? Like, <laughs> I guess so. I mean, like, it's just a new age. So I like, I'm thinking about like tips for like the youngsters, but I think they already know yeah. like there's so many like technical advances out there. Um, definitely new websites and stuff. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I have Check. Yeah. I have another thing. If you want your college education paid for, don't go to college right after high school. Go work for an employer who will pay for your education. Mm, that's also a good one. Microsoft, yeah. Boeing, Google, I don't know whether Fortune 500 companies, but they do have a tuition reimbursement program. So if you work there for a year or two, you can enroll and get your bachelor's, your master's or doctorate and get that paid for in full so yeah. that's a route too it's definitely better than paying like 80 90k you know yeah. Then- yeah anything helps oh yeah and then when we went to that white center swap meet a couple of weeks ago mary who is the physical therapist said that she is still paying her student loans and she briefly mentioned about the student loan forgiveness i'm not i'm not sh- sure about the details so you'll have to look into it but if you work for a nonprofit. I think it gets paid in off. Education. 
yeah, yeah. it's a program that you learn okay. like if you well for the teach grant if you're a teacher you work a, a certain amount of years and then you prove that you work that time and then they'll reimburse you so definitely look into that there are programs out there did you guys do uh, any work study or anything like that during college? I did for one quarter, and that was the nonprofit work. Um, and then okay. the Jumpstart program paid like a stipend for that. Um, yeah, so it was nice. I didn't do it for the money because you didn't get paid that much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's for the experience. How about you? Uh, I worked at the hospital, so I worked like okay. as a they call it like a PCA. So um, when I worked there. I got like 75, the employee benefit was like 75% off for your, oh, like your tuition. So that was like my way of like, yeah. Cause my family, we didn't, um, we weren't eligible for any grants or anything. We were like eligible for like loans and stuff. And so I tried to optimize that as much as I could. Good for you. Yeah, that's great. Definitely a lot of resources out there. But um, mm-hmm. I did want to ask about like going back to careers. Um, did you guys have any like first time like career mistakes that you've gone or learned from? from that you wanted to kind of like go over and share Mm, that's a good question (laughs) I was so determined to work really hard in the beginning and then I was just really frustrated that like why was I working so hard and why was this like so efficient I was getting things done like six times faster at the rate of my teammates and I was like and then we're still getting paid the same if if someone is processing like 20 transactions per day and you're processing 100 transactions per day you're getting paid the same like why? Right. Bring it down. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's probably bad advice, but I got burnt out a lot in the beginning. And if I just had a better like expectation of myself, like lowering my ex- expectations, mm-hmm. I think I would have been better at managing my stress levels. Yeah. Because so, my mom always taught me, always ask for more work. It always, looks good. Yeah. Always ask for more yeah. work. Use your time wisely and use every minute of the day and always fill it up with productivity, you know, productive work. And I always followed her advice, which is not good for you in the corporate world. Yeah. They'll just keep giving, giving and giving. Mm-hmm. For me, I would say it'd be the imposter syndrome. And oh, my advice for that would be like to believe in yourself, even if you're just starting out and even if you're new. Because when you start your career, you feel so thankful for the opportunity and you feel like everyone else who's been there knows like how everything works. They've experienced all of these you know, mistakes. They're like way ahead of you. And for me, it just took me a long time to realize that I do have a lot to offer in this place. Like even though I am, I was a first year teacher, like I had a lot of knowledge that I learned in grad school that I could offer. But I think starting out, I just felt like I needed to learn from other people more. Um, I like when people give me criticisms, I would take it, you know, and I and also when I would do things, I would not defend myself like because I didn't have that confidence to say like, yes, I'm doing this because of this, you know, and I think it's good to learn from other people and to take their feedback. But I think there's a point where you need to be confident and And it's uncomfortable to have that imposter syndrome, but sometimes you have to fake it and just learn, you know? And I didn't give myself that grace in the very beginnings of my career. And I was intimidated by other people, but I guess my advice would be to, you know, take every day as an opportunity to learn, make goals for yourself, and you'll get to where you need to be. Um, And definitely lean on your colleagues who've been doing it longer than you have, 
um, and learn from them, but find a positive support system. You don't want to surround yourself with people that bring you down and that don't give you that space to grow. Um, and I'm still struggling with that too. You know, there's people in my workplace that just are skeptical of your abilities and that like influences the way that you work and that you think about yourself and the work that you do. And it doesn't make you feel valued, you know, but I think the confidence takes time to develop, but I would encourage our young ones out there to, to realize that you're a leader and find opportunities to grow and like make your mark, you know, you're important. Um, and you need other people to believe that too. So, um, yeah, so that's some of my advice on that. It's a big oh, issue advice now. than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, loved it. I think we have like some more financial tips to share. Yeah. yeah. Maybe Jasmine, you can highlight some of yeah, your key points. Sure. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about our young ones and who may or may not be working during college or um, during high school, but I would recommend like Melissa, well, Melissa's my mentor, you know, growing up, she's my oldest sister. So she recommended that I have a separate emergency savings account. So you have your checking account, you have your savings account, and then also make an emergency savings account for unexpected events. Like for example, if your car breaks down or you have to buy contacts <laughs> like me or, you know, textbooks, or just like if, bad things happen in your family or something, you'll be able to, to help yourself or yeah, to be able to have that savings there. Um, and I would also recommend to cook more and go grocery shopping more. And honestly, when you go grocery shopping, it might seem like a lot that adds up. But if you think about it, when you go out to eat, it's like maybe $15, you know, if you go to a restaurant and that would be more costly than if you just went grocery shopping for like two weeks or for two weeks worth of food and that you'll save a lot more money doing that. And also it's healthier. And if you are skeptical about cooking, just think about like recipes that you love that you want to make. And I think the process of making your own food, like, you know, everything that's going in there. Um, yeah. So I think everyone should learn how to cook. I'm saying that because it took me a long time to learn how to cook for myself. And I think that's because our parents, they yeah. just like made everything for us. And whenever I would want to make something, they would already have something made. So I didn't have to worry about it. But eventually I did have to learn. And, and it's a nice process. I mean, like working can be difficult, but cooking, it can also be like a stress reliever, you know, that time that you take care, take care for yourself. Um, I would also recommend to open a credit card, which Melissa might speak to as well. But our mom, was like, don't open a credit card. You're gonna get into debt. Like you're gonna buy a lot of things and not be able to pay it. But actually- Still doesn't no. have a credit card to this yeah. day. <laughs> oh, so does it? No, she doesn't. Yeah, but you know, when you get a credit card, you have to use it responsibly. So mm -hmm. if you pay, if you pay for like your toiletries, like shampoo, toothbrush, you know, little things like that, gas, and you pay it off in time, that's going to build up your credit and you need credit if you want to buy a house or buy a car in the future, um, if you want to open more credit card accounts. So definitely don't be scared of the credit card. Like if you use it responsibly, you'll be fine. And I think the people that abuse it are the ones that are just, well, some people don't have a choice, but some people put everything on their credit card knowing that they can't pay it back. And that's like going to hinder them in the future. Um, but definitely open a credit card 
use it responsibly and you'll be fine. (laughs) And then once you start working, look into retirement funds. And I know as young people, we're like, oh, that's like way in the future. I don't have to worry about it. But while you're working now, it's important for you to put a little bit of your money away. um, So that way um, it'll build interest over time. And when you finally retire, you're not going to have to worry about it. And if you're lucky, your company, wherever you're going to work is going to contribute a certain amount if you put something in. So those are my quick like tips um maybe you might know them already maybe it's new to you but definitely look into these options and we had to learn like the hard ways growing up our mom kind of learned um but we yeah it's been a process because our family came here from Cambodia you know not having anything so we kind of had to build our growth build our wealth mm-hmm. yeah yeah so in my financial tips are what I recommend is to not spend more than 30 percent of your paycheck on rent and if you spend more than that like half of your monthly income on rent, you're going to live paycheck to paycheck. And I know that's really hard nowadays, especially in the Seattle area and in major cities. It's just ridiculous the amount of rent that you have to pay. Like in our culture to live with our parents or like relatives, which is perfectly fine. I think it's fine. If you can save money, then you can start building like your savings for something greater like a house or a condo or a townhome, whatever your goals might be. And also after you pay your rent and bills, you should at least least have your half of your income left so that you can invest, you know, in stocks, put it into your retirement fund or treat yourself like a small percentage of it. Yeah, You have (laughs) to to treat yourself somewhere. You got to live, you know, (laughs) Um, but don't live a lifestyle that you cannot afford. Yeah, like I, I made the mistake of going out to eat all the time. I went out for happy hour a couple times a week, and anytime I went out to eat, I was spending like fifty to like eighty dollars uh, <laughs> at one time. Each time? I was like buying drinks too, or sometimes I'm treating out my friends. That adds up, and like it's hard to buy the latest technology and like products. You know, trying to if it works, stay it works. And if you buy a car, buy new. Mm-hmm. Never buy new because the value depreciates once you drive you the car parking off lot. Throw it off the lot. Yep. Yeah. Everyone knows yeah. that. <laughs> um, and also, like Jasmine mentioned, sign up for a credit card to build your credit, but also sign up for a credit card that has great mm. rewards, awesome yeah, perks. True. I have the Chase Sapphire because I love to travel, and mm-hmm. I have like four or $500 per year to spend on anything related to travel. Um, and I get like this pass that gives me access to all the VIP lounges at the airport. Oh, wow. It is amazing. Now I get like Lyft credit so I can use Lyft cabs. Um, I think I get up to like a couple of a couple hundred by the end of the year or something. Um, and also Hyatt points. So then I get a couple of Hyatt hotels for free. So then oh, nice. I, it, it, it makes sense to sign up for a credit card that has really great perks. So yeah. And then for buying a house you do not need to save 20 percent for down payment as long as you have really good credit you have at least five percent or i think some people even purchase a house like very very little savings but you can definitely make it happen because once the value of your home goes up in a couple of years then that second mortgage drops off because that's what happened with me i only saved ten thousand dollars for my house and in two years the pmi the second mortgage dropped off so then my my mortgage payment is as 
is probably less than someone paying for rent right now. Don't feel that you need to save 20% for a house. As long as you have good credit and you have some savings, you can move forward with getting your own investment. And it doesn't have to be a house. It could be a condo or a townhome, depending on what your needs are. But And it takes a long time. Yeah, like, it does. 20% for an average home in Seattle right now is like, you have to save at least 100000 mm. Who's going to, like, that's yeah. going to take a long time to save. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I was the one thinking that. I was like, yeah, for like my mindset right now, thinking of uh, buying a house, like, so, okay, so you got to save like 100K. But now I'm hearing something different. So I'm like learning right now. <laughs> mm, yeah, because there's so many different types of loans. The houses will keep getting more expensive, right? So as soon as you can buy it, the better. Mm-hmm. In, f- in five years, my the value of my property doubled, more than doubled already. Like I wish I had bought even more properties, you know, when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> Looking um, back. Yeah. Side hustle. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm trying to get into stocks now because like cryptocurrencies, but I'm trying to like educate myself more on it. But I can see that it really like multiplies your money. So yeah, yeah. That's something that we should we should all look into. And there's like safer routes to invest into. Are you guys invested in like your um retirement, like 401k Roth IRA? Any preference or anything? Oh yeah. Always Okay, if you can try to put money aside for your 401k, like the highest amount, if you can, I think like between four to 8% of your income. Um, And my company matches also for your Roth IRA, the minimum amount is $50 a month. So all you have to do is at least set aside $50 a month for your retirement income, which will grow, Mm -hmm. which will compound over time. I learned about getting an IRA when I was in high school. I was really lucky that oh, this no. math teacher told us to go. That was like our homework assignment. She's like, go out and open up one, open up an IRA. Because if you put in money now, like 10,000, 15,000, it's going to grow into a million dollars by the time you're like 60. So definitely look into that. Gotta thank your math teacher. I know. <laughs> Watch when you like thank turn you. into like a millionaire. Thank you, Mrs. Marcourt. <laughs> <laughs> So she's listening. All right. So I know it's a little bit different from the other questions, but we want to ask you, Tanaka, what does being Khmer American mean to you? Uh, for me, being Khmer American, it kind of coincides because I feel like, you know, being Khmer American, you're also like Asian American. And like, I feel like for us, I don't think a lot of people know that we're kind of like an onion. We have a lot of layers onion. of like identity. <laughs> um, and so like, I feel like there's two different like, ways of thinking about it but just like a general answer is like I think the biggest thing is like visibility visibility is like really really important and just like embracing our heritage knowing our story knowing where you came from and this constant reminder of like self-growth and like self-discovery that to me is what it means being Khmer American because I'm always asking myself okay what does it mean to be Khmer what does it mean to be American um, especially during a time when like all this crazy stuff is happening in the world yeah. Um, you're definitely wondering like, well, what does it mean now? So visibility, just knowing that you're here, you are enough. Thank you. And us existing in spaces will help other people learn about us and our people. Thank you so much. So Tanaka, thank you for coming on our podcast today. Um, do you have any final reflections on what we discussed? I know this was in a topic that you're really interested in. Yeah, no, I still, like, have so many questions yeah. about the house thing. <laughs> we'll probably, like, go, like, offline or, like, I'll just oh, message yeah. you guys, like, later oh, or yeah, something. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, like send us an email or or we can have a part two episode. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Let us know. Let okay, us so help. like one question real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. I think so like, so like the, house market, the house market, like when you bought it now, because I feel like right now it's like really, really hot. It's like really, like uh, really expensive. So like when you bought it, was it as high as like right now, the price range? No, um, I remember there when I was house hunting, I put an offer on a home and someone outbid mm-hmm. me. And that was six years ago. And that's because I was just one person, you know, just one income. I think I offered like under the list price and someone mm-hmm. offered over. For my current house, someone did put an offer on this home, but something happened. I think maybe with their situation of not being able to sell their home mm-hmm. um, at the right time, it was on the market for 60 days. And I think that's pretty long because yeah. usually like one or two months, so then I was able to negotiate. It's just ridiculous right now in Seattle. Yeah. Right now, it's like the average price of a home is like 500000 It's crazy. That's like California right now. And I was just like, how am I going to stay here? Unless like I was like married with someone who is also making like a good amount of income too. I just don't mm-hmm. see it possible without yeah. like staying with your parents for like a long time. Right. So yeah. So during this pandemic, I have friends that bought houses because it is a nice time right now, but they're being pushed out, you know, like it's not in the city area. People are moving towards the suburban areas Mm -hmm. and even like cities that were not very popular before people are going there. So like Mm -hmm. they're either going more north or more south. So yeah, that's what I want to mention. Thank you for mentioning that Jasmine, Mm -hmm. because I don't live in Seattle. Mm -hmm. I live south of Seattle. So it's like still pretty close. It's like not an area where I thought I was gonna be yeah but I wanted to have my own place so I had to make that sacrifice so is like think about how badly do you want your own place you know and if so are you willing to maybe move a little bit further away from the city but if you really do want to live in the city then are you okay with having like a smaller home as a, a starter home because don't think it's going to be like your first and last house, you know, or yeah, first and last property. True. I think any investment is like, for any property is good, right? It's a good choice because it's always going to grow in value over time. Jasmine, do you like still see yourself staying in like in Seattle or like are you planning? Or, like what's your, is that too personal? <laughs> with the pandemic and with this West Seattle Bridge closed, I live in West Seattle because it's near my school and it was a good opportunity. But I have been fortunate to save up mm-hmm. since high school. Um, and actually, I could buy a house if I wanted to. Um, and that's thanks to being able to live with my mom um, during college. And then I lived with Melissa, you know, when I started working. And yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to be able to say that I have savings, but I would not have been able to do that if I didn't have my family, like to help me pay less rent, you know? Um, and that money was saved in my emergency or my savings account. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, I do want to buy a house, but I think right now I'm trying to figure out which school I want to stay at, like the area mm-hmm. that I want to stay at, yeah. um, and just like what areas around us that I want to live in. So, um, yeah, so that's to be determined. I think in a few years I could look into it. When you do get a house, you do have to consider events that could happen, like you could be broken into something can break like the heater whatever you know I've been learning from Melissa a lot of things that can come up so I want to make sure I'm prepared by then but yeah I want to just thank my family because they're the ones that helped me get there 
like to save up because otherwise I would be paying paycheck to paycheck and it would be really hard to save anything um, when you're living like that. It's, it's difficult and it's hard to let people know who are in poverty, like how can you get out of that if you have to keep putting your money towards just living? That's really difficult. Um, yeah, and that's like a, another issue that mm. we can't get into, but yeah, definitely we have so much privilege um, and I hope that th this advice that we've given today can at least help someone out there. Thanks for no, asking that question. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> All right, well, this was such a great conversation and please let us know any questions that you have. We'd be happy yeah. to help. Um, yeah, so Tanaka, thank you so much for coming on our podcast today. Um, it means a lot that you supported us from the beginning and hopefully we helped a lot of people out there who are wondering about how college is like, um, if that's an option for them, how to save up their money. Um, and I think we as Cambodian Americans are unique in the sense that our families didn't have much coming in here. Um, and they had to learn street smarts to figure out how to buy a house, um, how to like support our lifestyles, how to take care of the family. And I'm amazed at what our families have been able to do. And I hope that we all continue to make our generational wealth so that you know our future generations don't have to worry as much as our parents and as much as we had to growing up um yeah so thank you Tanaka and do you have any last words before we wrap it up today I just wanted to thank you guys because like even before jumping on the podcast um I was listening to you guys like every single day oh, <laughs> during lunchtime during like morning so meetings sometimes oh um because you know like sometimes you have, like those like yeah like you know like sometimes like they're not really talking about anything important so I'm just like, right, let's just, like, tell it. This is, like a good important. story i need to hear what's going on with their lives Aww. but i was just you know really grateful so for you guys having me jump on and i always learn something new from from you guys so just wanted to throw so. that out there so yeah Thank you for yeah. taking the time to meet with us. And we really enjoyed getting to know you as well. And we love turning our listeners into guest speakers. <laughs> <laughs> but we really appreciate your support. And thanks for, you know, coming with us with all these questions. And let us know if anything else comes up. And, you know, if there are potential topics that you want us to tackle in the future, we're always looking for ideas. Okay. Well, listeners, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you thought of this episode. What are some of your tips and recommendations on adulthood? We'd love to know. Um, we're also active on Instagram at Two American Sisters, and you can check out our website at Two American Sisters.com. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what happened?